Hello dear listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, before we start, um, I just wanted to apologise for the sound quality of these episodes. They are a bit rough on the ears, um, but bear with us. We're all doing it at a distance with very different levels of, um, I don't know, access, I guess. Um, I also say yeets when I mean yeets in this episode, which is quite funny. That's everything, so enjoy the episode. <clears throat> Hello everybody and welcome to Unheard Poetry's Poetry Corner. Um, today we're talking to the incredible Harry Brown, who um, we, I don't know how we first met you, Harry, but you you have contributed a whole bunch of poems. Um, and we're so glad to have you, so welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. No worries, no worries. Um, so, so yeah, we have Harry here, we have Katie here. Hello. Um, hello. Uh, so, Harry, with you have your own poetry page now on Instagram. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, how did you get to that point where you decided to, that you wanted to do that? And where do you think, like, poetry started for you? Um, I, I was really reluctant to start a, a social media page because um, I'd seen sort of you get the stereotype of social media type poetry, which is like a genre in itself. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was sort of reluctant to do it because it often feels a little bit insincere. Um, but uh, it's sort of like pages like you guys where there's actually quite a lot of thought and uh, yeah, thought put into the to what you're putting out. Uh, sort of drew me in. I think I messaged maybe it was you, Leo, saying like, oh, I've just started out and I'm not that sure about it. Um, so yeah, I started that page maybe a year or two ago, sometime I think maybe in the pandemic actually. Um, and then in terms of getting into poetry, um, I, I worked in a call centre for like two years and uh, we sold like uh, ski equipment and mm-hmm. uh, in the summer months it was it was obviously really quiet so i just sort of was sat at a computer for nine to five or whatever it was and uh needed to fill the time and so i just started sort of noodling down in a in a little notebook and after two years it sort of became more of a habit than a hobby um and yeah i got really into it um that way Mm, interesting um so one of the things that we that we usually start with, I went a bit rogue there, um, <laughs> is in terms of, <laughs> um, and Katie knows what I'm going to say, um, in terms of like creativity, like uh, can you remember your first kind of creative love, like as a child, like was it drawing or making mud pies or <laughs> like where, where did where did this start for you? Um, um, funny enough, I think it probably, it's hard to remember, I think it probably was like music, I used to really obsessively, I mean, I still do, but I used to really, really obsessively listen to music. Um, and like, I, I would spend like months just listening to like Michael Jackson and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so I would go through different phases of like blocks of like, it was Michael Jackson and Queen and then all, all of these sort of classic bands. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I, I always just wanted to, do that i still play music uh but uh yeah i i just envisioned obviously lots of success as a rock star and that that didn't quite pay off but yeah love a rock star dream 
Yeah, never yeah. let it go. <laughs> no, you can be a rock star whenever you want to be a rock star. Exactly. Yes. How important do you think it is to be creative? Um, I think for me it's very important um, because it's like a, a way to express yourself. Um, uh, often when like emotions are very complex things, and that's what I like about writing is that you're sort of condensing and sort of finding the essence of something that is is really indescribable, but the fun of it is trying to do the best you can to capture it. Um, and so it's, it's like imperative to me to be able to do that in some way or another. I love that. I'm very, I'm, I agree with you. I'm very similar. Like just got to get it out creatively. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's an important kind of like release, I think. And it just yeah. helps you understand what's, yeah. what's going on yeah, um, within, within yourself, I think. Um, yeah yeah so would you would you say that like you i don't know there's a lot of kind of stigma around poetry and a lot of fear about writing it um i for one was like a very ashamed poet for a very long time um <laughs> would you like was that your experience was it really different like yeah definitely 100 percent to me i mean i i still like think twice if anyone ever asks me like what you do I still would always think twice about saying like oh, I write poetry because I think people think of like Wordsworth and like the old sort of I wandered lonely in the cloud type stuff and it's all very really wanky yeah yeah that's exactly the word I love <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah so and it, it all seems a little bit sort of silly and then it was um there was a I saw a clip of there's a musician called Tom Waits and I saw a clip of him reading a poem by Charles Bukowski. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I basically just didn't know that poetry could sound like that. And that sort of blew my mind. And that was really where it started, was seeing that it wasn't this sort of flowery nonsense. It, was, it can be quite sort of impactful stuff. Yeah. And also, um, like, I don't know about you guys, but kind of um, Kate Tempest became, like, quite big. Well, yeah. no, sorry, Kate Tempest. Um, yeah. uh, became quite big in like I don't know I want to say like 2014 I remember and just yeah. being like whoa like this is what it can be like this is crazy yeah yeah Mod modern stuff especially is like really I was reading uh, Ocean Vuong recently and he really sort of like pushes the boundaries it's crazy to see how far you can take it yeah yeah and I think that is one of the things that's really cool which is unlike being a rock star writing poetry is very easy like you can do really wild things with like pen and paper which is quite yeah. nice and cheap. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> cool um so this poem focus um was part of the lgbtq plus collection pride and protest mm -hmm. um and do you want to tell us a little bit about it yeah i wrote that um i can't remember when i wrote it i'm probably in the pandemic again um but it was a sort of, um, uh, it's like an internal dialogue. Um, and I often have anxiety about, well, anything you can think of really, but um, uh, just general like, anxiety. And so I was sort of thinking how, how stupid it is as, as a thing that your brain does, how silly it is when, I mean, I can't remember all the lines from it, but it's like when there's meteorites crashing into far planets and like, everything is going on in the universe and you're here sort of 
anxiously worrying about going out for a meal or something like that and um it's sort of the, the futility of it all um and it's it's yeah it's like an internal dialogue of the the contradiction between how small you are in a way and how big everything else is one of the things that i really love about your poetry in general is i think it has such um, a strong sense of place i find that with like all of your poems it always like really beautifully kind of depicts a world and no worries, no worries. I know it's horrible accepting compliments. <laughs> <laughs> We're now going to listen to the glorious poem, Focus, written by Harry Brown, read by Peter Keenan, Naomi Paul and Isis de Aspel. The sound design is by Charlie Foran and the artwork, which you can go online to find, is by Connor Cooper's. Focus. There's a scorpion in the desert. My fingers twitch. The eagle flies above. My gut chants. A meteorite crashes into a far-off planet. And my heartbeat pounds in my eardrums. The undiscovered species goes extinct. The inhale trembles. An innocent person is condemned. And the exhale is too close to sickness. The dog hoils into a tropical night. The sweat pours out of me. I believe that I accept that facing the devil is a necessary evil. The Michelin-style chef burns the rice. But I remain unsure. The teacher unknowingly indoctrinates. I retreat to the comfort of solitude. The sun sets and rises elsewhere. So um, as part of the LGBTQ plus community, how do you think poetry kind of intersects with that experience and like your experience? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's it seems to be like really, really uh, closely linked. Um, like you have all of the, um, the classic uh guys like oscar wilde and stuff like that um and like in i think it was in the 80s they used to have the badge that said average oscar wilde as part of the um like the, the movement going on at that time um and and it's i think it is a part of like often when you're writing poetry it's a very solitary thing and you, and it in a lot of cases especially in like the old times people would like pour their heart out in, in really extreme ways and because it was so insular, they would they would sort of share their poetry amongst each other, and uh, it was like a way to connect when it wasn't so easy back in the day. Um, and I think, in a way, that tradition probably is carried on even now um, in a lot of countries where it's still not uh, fully accepted to sort of be who you are. It, um, it's a good way to like communicate amongst people. And I also think that the way in which I don't know. I think Katie and I have definitely talked about this, but you can write a poem that feels really, really, really very personal to you, and then other people read it and read something completely different. So it's quite. Oh weird. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that weird thing of something that is potentially dangerous in some societies to kind of think about and feel. You can mm. talk about in a, a a kind of disguised way, almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, mm, yeah. So um, in terms of Unheard, how do you find like the, the kind of experience of watching a poem? Because I know that that is quite different for a lot of poets um, and you've had that experience a few times now. Like is how do you find the kind of video and sound and multiple people reading it? Or are you more of a purist and do you think like one person should read a poem and like kind of the um, multimedia I... aspects? 
Yeah, I, I think the first one you guys did for me, or I did for you even, was uh, um, Who Will Inherit It, that really sort of big, long one. <laughs> that was one of my favourite poems. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and that one really sort of hit me. It, it, it sort of really hit me, that one, the, the video, because, I mean... I'd, I'd never really, obviously, it's a really crazy thing to write something and hear someone else read it who you've never met or anything. Yeah, it, it was really crazy hearing um, someone else read that poem um, and the lines where people sort of read out the intonations that I'd had in my head when I was writing it. It's a really mad thing to hear someone do that and, and sort of get it as you were aiming it to be. Um, and the video as well is really good for that. And, and actually the um, focus one as well and all the ones you've done it's really cool to see um someone else like having being being motivated to create something from your work is, is a really uh, rewarding experience for anyone writing yeah. yeah it's so interesting it's like it, this is going to sound really hippie but it does feel really like connected you know like when someone else see something in your work that you saw it's so bizarre it's like magic or something oh yeah no i i completely agree like that's you guys i mean it's like i feel like i should be paying you guys to do what you do because it's so like uh yeah it's so rewarding to see people create out of your stuff it's like a a continuous circle of, of creativity it's excellent mm, mm. but i also i do think that it's not suited for everyone because you know, lots of people want complete ownership of their work, which yeah, is completely yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, Who Will Inherit It is also an incredible poem. But do you have a preferred medium in which to kind of absorb writing or or anything like that? Because you also said you're really interested yeah. in music. So. I, I think uh, I, when I'm sort of reading other people's stuff, if it's if it's more than just one poem, I'd probably just like to read it just out of an old school book. <laughs> um, but um, for for one poem, it's it it is almost for me it's better to see it sort of in its in its sort of uh, uh, video and because it gives you like every sort of sensation, sort of sight, hearing, and uh, all the rest of it. Um, in in for like a yeah an example of a person's work, it's good to see it that way. But I, I I don't naturally read very like well. I basically didn't read any books till I was like I don't know seventeen or eighteen, and I read really slowly. But as a result, I have to like read everything twice, and so it sort of does actually stick in my head better um, because it takes so much effort to actually <laughs> get through any books. So I sort of absorb it quite well by accident. Yeah, I mean I think that's what one because I'm dyslexic and Katie, you're dyslexic as well. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. And I think the dyslexic club. I think that that's one of the coolest things about it is like all these people who are like traditionally bad at English end up doing something which is poetry, which in a lot of circles is seen as like the most elite version of English. But actually it's like the yeah. most free version if you let it be that. Yes, Leo. Yeah, completely. Yes. How that. do you find um, your dyslexia and your poetry coincide, Katie? Oh, I mean, a lot of the time. So basically, it always starts with loads of little things. 
like just little little bits that I like about or like words that come to me and then it'll take me maybe a few months to then like put like seven different notes pages together to make one poem (laughs) because I get really frustrated when I like try and write something down and it just doesn't work because I'm trying to be really creative and then my brain's just like nah you don't know any words you can't spell nothing makes sense (laughs) yeah Yeah. sometimes a thesaurus is very helpful (laughs) yeah yeah synonyms are your friend synonyms are always your friend harry do you have any aspirations with your poetry like do you would do you think that you would like to do it at something kind of quote unquote professionally or do you I mean I think at least I find with like lots of stuff I'm like do I want to do this as a job because will it just ruin it I don't know um do you ever have that conversation with yourself <laughs> yeah I, I completely feel that like um when, when I was younger yeah. when I, I left college um after like three months and I went straight into working I, my first proper job was working in a garage with cars and um, I was absolutely like dead certain that my entire life was going to be um, working with old like classic cars because that's what I was really interested in. And then after like two years, it, it became apparent that actually that probably wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and so I, I get that feeling like I'm a bit worried sometimes when I, I, I think about doing poetry as a full-time job. I'm like, is it just another case of me being like over eager about liking something? Um, but I, I, the pandemic sort of, I said to myself, like, given that, that I'm not going to be like traveling or sort of going anywhere, I've got the time to just sit and like concentrate. So I'm sort of having a run at it sort of last year and this year, at building up towards being more serious about it. Um, so I'm thinking of maybe trying to release like a, a little collection probably this summer sometime um and just sort of selling it on my website and to friends and things like that um and just seeing how that goes really i mean a lot of people talk about like submitting to magazines and all of this sort of stuff but there's so much like admin with that it sort of takes the fun out of the actual task itself so yeah, yeah. it's it's really difficult i mean um i know a few like professional poets and they're like there isn't really a um career trajectory for poets like it's not like when you're a writer you get an agent or something because there's no like mold of how you actually make money from it even though poetry is something that's like remembered throughout like decades like we're gonna forget who boris johnson is but like no one's gonna (laughs) forget who like yates is are they so and it's just so crazy that there's no way to make money out of it really even though yeah. it's really important to the way to, to like people's lived experience yeah exactly it's yeah it's like it's it's both undervalued and like really valued at the same time people just don't realize how much they value it yeah i do think that everybody who chooses or tries to have a creative career must be like low-key insane because the whole world <laughs> tells you yeah. that you're like completely unworthy of it until yeah. you get famous enough and then they're like you are jesus yeah yeah it's like a, yeah, it's an extreme change isn't it it is it's like undermine 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 and then like be like you're a genius oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird it's such a weird life why i don't know yeah. why it's like um 
sorry, talking about the whole, you know, people shitting on being creative, like, so uh, both Leo and I are working the backstage of, like, theatre and stuff, and we, there was one of the girls that we went to uni with who um, had a universal credit phone call at the beginning of the pandemic, and they were like, why don't you just get a real job? Oh, yeah, man, that, that was, did you see that campaign where they were like, it was a ballet dancer, and they're like, she can retrain as like an IT technician. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it is absolute madness. It's madness, and it also is just like, I don't know. I'm like, but it, it is nonsense, and also like, what what matters more? Like, what what matters to? I don't know. It's all the all of this concentration on anything else except for the emotional experience. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's wild, consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. God, we can have oh. another capitalistic rant if you want. We do that on this podcast yeah. literally every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we love it. We love to see it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Thank you for listening to unheard unheard poetry Corner. poetry. <laughs> Corner. I think we need to change it. It's very clunky. <laughs> I love it. No, it's great. When you get it right, it sounds beautiful. But it's really ironic that it's so clunky and it's a poetry podcast, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to the wonderful Harry Brown for joining us today. And if you want to check him out, uh, you can look at his Instagram, which is... So my Instagram is at Isle of Noise. Uh, and my website is also isleofnoise.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with another creative talking about their process. Um, thank you to Katie Rutson. Um, thank you to you guys for listening. Um, if you want to support us, we're trying to figure out how you can do that and one of the ways you can do that is go to our Kofi, which is unheard poetry so if you type in Kofi, which is k-o-f-i and then look us up then you can buy us a coffee which won't really be a coffee it will be more like things that we need to keep being able to do this thanks so much and have a great time day i don't know what time of day it is but have a good one <laughs>